Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast, where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is your host, Deepa Natarajan, that Indian girl from Toulouse in France. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, being a strategic leader. And we have with us Victoire Lajudi. Victoire is the Vice President, Head of Group Strategy at Michelin. And before working at Michelin, Victoire worked for numerous years at Sanofi. Victoire uh, studied at one of the best schools in France, Ecole Polytechnique. She also worked at McKinsey. She speaks English, Spanish, French, and Mandarin, has lived in China. She's a very bright, highly driven person. And I had a fantastic time talking about strategy with her in these 20 minutes. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. And as this is the very first episode of the year, I want to wish you a very, very happy new year. I hope this year brings you lots of happiness. Exactly. Happiness, joy, and prosperity. Dream big. And let's deep dive into this conversation with Victoire. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Victoire. How are you doing this morning? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Looking forward to Christmas. Yes, exactly. And usually Christmas is a time when we, you know, get to unwind and rethink the way we lead and define new goals and a new strategy for the next year. And we're going to talk exactly about being a strategic leader. So what does it mean for you to be a strategic leader? Well, you know, when I think about this question and I put strategy next to leadership, I wonder if it's not a pleonasm. Can you be a leader without being strategic um, is more the, the question that comes to me. Because being a leader is to provide a strong vision and a plan, plan towards the future, but also to have the guts uh, to execute it. So this is about, uh, you know, being strategic is core to leadership. Um, and also, in a volatile environment, you need um, to learn how to execute the strategy as a leader. Uh, learn fast, fail fast, have empathy towards your team so that you can embrace and steer the journey in the right direction. I like the three words that you said, learn fast, fail fast, and have empathy. These are like three, three important pillars. When you say learn fast, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, we need to constantly push ourselves outside the comfort zone. And I... I have a change program. And one of the first things that people tell me when, I get, when they get out of the 10-week change program is they say, it's like, I was pushed out of my comfort zone. I'm like, learning just doesn't happen if you're not pushed out of, outside our comfort zone. And you talk about learning fast in a volatile environment, which means that it is like unpredictable. We don't know where it's going. Like we're looking for some kind of uh, predictability. And in a volatile environment, it's hard to predict And then learning means getting outside your comfort zone, which I feel automatically comes with a certain level of stress, especially for people who love stability and predictability. How do you manage that on a personal basis? Um, I, I think there is this exercise of challenging oneself mm -hmm. that makes each new challenge and each step out of the comfort zone just like a sport. Uh, and when you get exercise to this, you get used to it. And what was an effort just come 
something usual. So mm -hmm. it's usual to get out of your comfort zone <laughs> and not to know. And then the level of anxiety just goes down. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because like, I don't know about you. You'll tell me. Okay. But I've constantly pushed myself outside of my comfort zone all the time. Like I moved into France, like on a personal level. I moved to France with my four and a half year old daughter as a single mom. And I didn't speak French. <laughs> and that was like 13 years ago. And today I'm like, you know, really blessed that she's going to pass out of her baccalaureate uh, this year and really proud mom. But, you know, that doesn't come easy. And... What have you experienced as like, you know, your biggest, like when you pushed yourself outside your comfort zone? Um, so congratulations for your daughter. You must be very proud. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes it's it's tougher uh, than others. Uh, right now, I, I I just change industry. So I moved mm -hmm. to uh, from pharma to uh, industry. Uh, so I'm working at Michelin, which is a tires company. Um, and um, yes, some mornings, I guess the same way that 10 or 13 years ago, you woke up and said, why am I in Toulouse? <laughs> why, why did I do that? And some other moments of just pure joy and wonder at discovering new areas. And uh, I like to, yeah, to find energies in those short moments when I feel I understand something new. I, I feel I'm progressing and, um, and, and that's how you get more and more energetic on, on the way. Yeah. You know, the, when you say that, the first thing that pops up to my head is like curiosity and the need to explore. For me, it was like uh, stability somehow sometimes equates to boredom for me. I don't know what that is for you. And so it's this excitement that you just mentioned and the need to explore that helps us actually to keep us outside our comfort zone and learn fast. Um, and the second thing that you mentioned is like fail fast. Um, can you give us an example of when you feel that you fail, like one of your worst moments of being a strategic leader? Um, when uh, I was uh, uh, living in China, mm -hmm. I was responsible for the digital activities of the affiliates there. The mandate that was given to me was very operational, like use digital to improve our operations, to change the way we talk on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to the doctors and really, you know, changing our go-to market. It was a bit an IT 2.0 type of mandate. Um, and I started to execute on this without a broader vision. So, you know, after six months, not only I was slightly bored, <laughs> but um, there was, you know, no way to attract talent. There was no momentum. There was, again, a, a lack of vision because saying that we're going to do uh, more with less is, is not, you know, a vision. Mm -hmm. So um, I understood this, uh, I guess, fast enough uh, in a Chinese environment so that I could switch around and provide a much broader vision with digital being first uh, a way to expand our partnership with the whole ecosystem and not just with the doctor, uh, also with the patients and the health authorities, but also some kind of pride of the Chinese affiliate that it would spearhead digital innovation. So 
I say, yeah, it was a, a bad start. It took me six months to one year to you know to get over it and just give depth uh, to the to the mission of digital China. Uh, but um, yes, it, it was it was a not easy moment sometimes when I was mm. there. Uh, indeed, yeah. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to go on to the another part because oh, even when you were there, uh, I saw that you speak Mandarin. And that is, again, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone in terms of learning uh, a new language, which doesn't come easily. But I'm going to come back to your point about uh, the vision. We all speak about our vision, but that very often when times are tough, Strategy becomes very, very short term. And that is not a strategy, in fact. Uh, and when we are under pressure and we have short term goals to fulfill, we can very easily get caught in this hamster wheel that brings fatigue. And when you don't see that big vision, you don't have that pull and the motivation to wake up in the morning. So you rightly mentioned that, yes, we need to find that vision. But sometimes when it's not very clear, like, how do you actually say, okay, I'm going to take that initiative to set that vision? I think I'm going to answer in two parts to your question. As first, the, the mission indeed can be short term or can sound as void if it's not uh, put in the right frame. Um, mm -hmm. What I like in my new company, Michelin, is uh, they don't talk about mission, they talk about a dream. It can sound a bit romantic, but at least <laughs> when you have a dream, <laughs> you understand why you wake up in the morning. Yeah. And 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 it it's really also putting this at the right, you know, timing related to the fact that you say sometimes mission are, are a bit too short term. Second, when it, it comes to, to to put together a vision for a team, you just need to to do this with the team uh, it might sound a little uh, obvious, but as a leader, you don't have the right answer just from scratch and putting your team around the table, potentially your clients around the table to think, what is the diagnostic? What is it that I'd like to, uh, to do? And why do I want to wake up in the morning is really important. So it's it's a team exercise. It's a collective intelligence, I would say, hmm. uh, to put together a mission for a team. Thank you so much. You know, I really like that example because um, a leader is not just there to share, show the path, but it's also like, you know, be a voice in the system and not be the voice, just to make that clear distinction. It's like, I'm not the voice who's showing the way, but rather I'm one of the voices amongst the other. And let's all sit together and figure it out because when we do that, that's how we bring collective responsibility in the system. And can you share like one example of like when you've been very strategic and how did that impact the business and the people? Before leaving Sanofi, I was in charge of a drug with multiple therapeutic areas. And we had, uh, I would say, two teams, one very creative, uh, where the drug was, was first in class, best in class, and one very competitive uh, because they were third on the market. Both teams needed to blend, to learn from each other uh, and to enrich themselves, but they lacked uh, a common sense because, um, you know, of, 
that DNA that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think um, this is where, again, putting teams together around a table to the extent it was possible in a COVID situation mm -hmm. and think about what is it that drives us and our, you know, our commonalities and our common dream to be uh, to come back to this vocabulary and, and the dream was really about providing uh, the patient a set of um, improvements to their diseases even if those diseases were very different it's really not the same to have asthma uh, than to have atopic dermatitis um, and and you know Putting this this common patient at the core of our mission, I think, was uh, was key. And then, you know, thinking how, as a team, we wanted to impact uh, their patient pathway, their everyday lives, and you know, find one or two words that we could use consistently as a reminder of what we wanted to have as a, as a team culture. Um, And we had a lot of fun uh, about this <laughs> because, um, you know, you know, having this one word motto to, to remember what we're like uh, was was an interesting conversation. And we, we came with this one word, which was uh, revolution, um, because we wanted to rev revolutionize the life of the patient, revolutionize the way the doctors see the disease of their patients, because most of the time they didn't consider it as... Um, really, you know, impacting their patients' lives and revolutionizing the healthcare system in general. Also, revolution is very French. Uh, and as a French team within <laughs> a, a global organization, we, we kind of liked it. Um, and, and it gave good rhythm to the team, you know, mm. you know, having this vision and this motto. Yeah. In French, we say, le raison d'être. Like, why am <laughs> yeah. I here, right? Like, what's my whole purpose? And, uh, you know... When you said dream, the word that came to my mind and that stuck is like dream big. And here we are having this conversation towards the end of 2021. And I'd love for all of you who are listening out there, like, don't just dream small, dream big. Allow yourself, give yourself the permission to think big. And yes, because when you think big, then you can actually, it's not about what's the plan. The plan will follow when you know, like, Why are you doing what you're doing? That is, what is the impact that you want to create? And just like how what Victoria mentioned is like, how do we want to impact patients' lives? How do we want to impact the way doctors see patients? What is the impact that you want to create? And that becomes your reason d'être. That becomes like why you wake up every single morning and do the things that you do. And the how, I believe, Victoria, will just come in. And a lot of times we get stuck in like, oh, how am I going to get there? Uh, how is that possible? But the how just like, in fact, I'll actually put it in a very simple, simple way. The answer to how is actually yes. <laughs> <laughs> But to your point, um, with the energy that a, a strong ambition, a strong dream gives to everyone, uh, the how is less of a, of a question because everything is, is really possible. Um, I think on the how, though, you, you need to think with the how you make a team work together in a smart uh, way, in in a agile way that you know that doesn't create frustrations, etc., on a day-to-day -day basis. So, 
Mm. There's still some how to to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, uh, I don't know about you, Victor, but in the last three months, I have received like so many leaders coming in asking me, like, can you support me with workshops to change the culture of how we are operating? Because we find that strategy is so linked with culture. What's your take on that? Uh, in terms of change of culture, um, I can see now um, that it really comes with asking questions. Um, when you see something in the culture that doesn't fit with this dream, you can just say, you know, why is it like this? What happens? And asking relentlessly question, refusing that something is paved in stone is really um, for me, the, the good path to changing a culture. Also, showing, you know, the external world is important. And big corporations, such as the one that I uh, mm-hmm. have been into, there is mm-hmm. a center, you know, it, it's really self-centered. Um, so just opening the window, asking the question is already a very strong fuel for transformation. Fabulous. There are two points that I'm taking away here just to underline for all of you who are listening out here. Um, When you ask questions, you unveil the stories and the assumptions that are running the system. And therefore, you start questioning the status quo. And that's exactly how you can change and shift the culture. And the second thing is like when you ask the question, like, how is this thing that I'm doing taking me one step closer to my big dream? You, you can be very sure that you're in line with your strategy. I, in fact, have the question like, you know, on a post-it, like, is this going to take me closer to my goals? Is this going to take me closer to my big dream? And um, here's a tip for you. You can perhaps use that. Victoria, as we end this episode, what's your advice um, to help people to think big, be systemic, and to move from ego to building ecosystems in a very strategic way? I think we said it uh, quite a bit during our yeah. conversation. Don't be afraid to to dream, to think big. Uh, you can sound, again, a bit romantic, but the depth of ambition is, will really nurture uh, any transformation. Um, and nothing should be impossible for a good team acting together. And to your point, if you want to have a very strong team that is thinking collectively, using everyone's brains and neurons, you need to let go of your ego. Um, And as a leader, show your vulnerability. Be curious about the inputs of everyone, because in our environment, this is the only way we'll be smart enough to solve our business problems, our planet problems. Um, and um, you need to steer the direction to be a catalyst. You need to take decision and not hesitate, but you need to share your doubts. Or is this will uh, definitely uh, fail to take the best of everyone um, in, in the network and in the ecosystem? Fabulous. You just put it in a very wonderful way. No vulnerability, no connection, no connection, no collective work, and we can't move ahead. So thank you so much. I hope you'll take a little bit of time (laughs) to think about how big you can dream and to be a little bit more strategic. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Thank you so much, Victoria, for being here with us. Thank you very much, Deepa. Goodbye. 
one of the biggest challenges that leaders face is to really be a strategic leader all the time and not just at the beginning of the year when we have a clean, fresh slate back from vacations and we set our goals. So what practices do you put in place to be strategic? Do you take time to sit back on your sofa and write down your purpose and connect often to that purpose? Do you sit down and question yourself, where are you in your comfort zone or not? Having a conversation with a sparing partner, having a conversation with someone who can hold you accountable. And if you can create that system in your team, in your organization, to create that space for those vulnerable conversations where you don't just talk about how you fail as a leader, but also you take responsibility and you help others to help you and you help those who are failing. And when we create that sense of collective responsibility with vulnerability, that is how we can be strategic as an organization altogether. So I hope after this episode, you will take one little step to find a sparing partner or an accountability partner that will hold you accountable to being the strategic leader that you want to be in 2022. Here's wishing you once again, a very happy new year. I look forward to talking to you soon again. And until then, stay cool. Oh, one more thing. If you haven't subscribed to our Samskara magazine, do head over to meetmypotential.com and subscribe to our magazine so you can get the latest articles in your mailbox once every two months. Until then, take care and stay cool.